Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and we continue to do this show to encourage our polygamous viewers to throw off all your religious works, including polygamy, and accept Jesus' invitation to come to Him and rest in Him alone. We also want you to know that we help people escape polygamy, and we will help them to know that God will never be angry at anyone for getting out of a polygamy group. You can call our toll-free number 877-425-9993 for information. We can discuss your situation confidentially. You can go to our website shieldandrefuge.org for more information about us. If you would like to be on the show or if you have any comments or questions about any of our shows, you can contact us by emailing us at email at whatloveisthis.tv and audio versions of our program are available to download. You can just go to our website's main page, uh, soundcloud.com slash whatloveisthis for instructions. And our show is also on iTunes podcast. And now I would like to thank again our co-host Earl Erskine for Thanks. sharing the burden of the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. Well, we like to set aside programs from time to time to discuss interactions we have with our viewers, which I have some, and so do you do, with yes, your show. From time to time. With this in mind, we would like to share, we'd like to begin this one with an email that we recently received asking us to cover certain specific topics. So we'll read the first half of the letter and deal with it first. I was wondering if you ever like to receive future show ideas or suggestions. I have noticed that some polygamists say that a, be that a benefit is that all women get to be a mother in Zion. I think that was interesting since most women want to become mothers. However, what good is it to be a mother when you don't have a loving partner beside you to help raise your children? The women would be so overworked, how would they get to spend time with them? They don't have to leave their children with sister they don't, don't they have to leave the children with sister wives who are abusive to them? And these are interesting and good yeah. questions. Well, regarding, first of all, being a mother in Zion, in our last show we covered a little bit about Zion and, and being a builder of Zion and so on. But growing up in the polygamy group, they taught us that it was a tremendous privilege to be born in Zion and to be a plural wife and have as many children as possible. We were brainwashed to consider that it was a sacred calling and a high, high privilege. It was the greatest thing we could do to please God. Uh, when I was baptized as a child, my father gave me my Mormon blessing. Oh. In, and in it, he predicted that I would grow up to be a great producer of children and a mother in Zion, have lots of kids. Well, obviously that was a false prediction because when I grew up, I ran away from Zion and I only had one child. Now, since God knows the future, he knows that I would never, he knew that I would never yeah. become a fruitful mother in Zion. So it's impossible that the blessing which was given to me could have been from God. God says that his plans cannot be prevented. We quote from the book of Job. Yeah, chapter 42, verse 2. I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. So if that blessing had been true, 
and and that's what I was going yeah. to be, then it couldn't have been thwarted because God's plans will prevail. Of course, the privilege of becoming a mother, becoming a mother in polygamy, goes way back to Brigham Young. I love this from Journal of Discourses, Volume Nine. Sisters, do you wish to make yourselves happy? Then what is your duty? It is for you to bear children. Are you tormenting yourselves by thinking that your husbands do not love you? I would not care, care whether they loved a particle or not, but I would cry out like one of old, in the joy of my heart, I have got a man from the Lord. Hallelujah, I am a mother. <laughs> so that was the highest calling in yeah. the early Mormon church, and it's been that way all these years. That's the attitude with most Mormon fundamentalist uh, um, polygamous mothers, plural wives. Now, our viewer wondered what benefit to the children is it when they cannot have a regular, healthy, sustained relationship with your, their father? And that is a very good question. Mm -hmm. the, the, of course, the fathers have too many children to support. They have too many uh, pe uh, children to feed and to clothe and homes to provide for their families, too many souls that need to be encouraged and nourished and and of course those that need a healthy male role model polygamy cannot provide the resources needed that monogamous families more easily enjoy often polygamous families compete against each other and in every single situation someone always loses because someone's rights or needs are trampled upon for the other wife or the other wife's family. The families are deprived of their right to a man who is supposed to be committed to them, but instead he is somewhere else, sharing his attention and his sex with another wife. At best, it's only a part-time relationship. Cody Brown of Sister Wives said that polygamy multiplies love. Well, his love might be multiplied, but with everyone else, his love is divided and fragmented among them. Often the father has so many children, he doesn't know for sure which one belongs to which wife. I, I've known, uh, have noted that one of the leaders of one of the groups had, went up to one of his plural wives, looked at a child and said, does he belong to us? He knew it was his child, but he didn't know which wife had, had, had given, given birth child. to the child. That is sad. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's not unusual for plural wives to punish the children of other plural wives. And often the punishment is very abusive. Being a mother in Zion is completely foreign to God's purpose for our eternal life. It is something that the early Mormon polygamous man contrived. And there is no place in God's kingdom for a man to have multiple wives and so many children that he cannot provide for them all sufficiently and equally. We quote from the Bible. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So that's from the mouth of God, and, uh, and we've quoted this verse before in past shows, but it's important to keep that in mind when we deal with polygamous families. God commands every man to support his family. Polygamists make up their own rules rather than submitting to what God has to say. They insist that God commanded polygamy, and they use the Bible as a resource for that command. But the Bible says support your family. They don't. Do not take sisters of plural wives. Clear back to Joseph Smith, they took take sisters for plural wives. Do not marry siblings. Uh, Kingston groups marries half-brother and sister all the time. Do not take a mother and daughter as rival wives. Even Joseph Smith did that at least yeah. once. Yeah. And several other specific prohibitions that the polygamists totally ignore. And that is rather hypocritical. 
Well, let's go to part two of okay. our viewer's letter. I was also thinking you could talk about the changing family unit. I've noticed that many people view polygamy as an issue of religious freedom. At one time, I believed that it was a matter of religious freedom too. However, I think that this that is, I think that this is a smokescreen because no one wants to step on someone's religious freedom. I know this is a hot button issue, but I think it may be something that polygamists may use one day to validate polygamy, changing family structures. What what does God say about marriage? I think it might be an interesting show for viewers to think about. Okay, now we have done shows before on what the Bible says about marriage, but we're going to repeat some of the verses again simply because our viewer asked and we get new viewers all the time sure, yeah. who may need to see this and, and, and will not have seen some of the past shows. Well, she wrote that the polygamists may be relying on the changing family unit to support their own polygamy as a viable alternative style of marriage. Well, polygamists do rely on any crutch that they can find to support their lifestyle. She asked, what does God say about marriage? Well, since the beginning, God instituted monogamy, not polygamy. There was no polygamy in the, until the cursed line of Cain um, started it. The Bible records polygamists and polygamy. Yes, it's there, but it never condones it, and it certainly never blesses it. Jesus confirmed marriage was monogamy. Jesus never indicated, not even hinted, nor even secretly preached about polygamy. And since Jesus Christ is the Savior, <laughs> the Savior. he does the saving because he's the Savior. And if polygamy was included in the saving process, the Savior would have said so but he didn't. So true. We have some verses that he addresses marriage particularly. Yeah, in Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6, he answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, lot let not man separate. So this whole is in is in the context of monogamy, and we're not supposed to separate. You, you know, there's many ways to separate a marriage, and one of them is polygamy. If Jesus condoned or commanded polygamy, there were many times that he would have had the opportunity to say so, and yeah, certainly these verses would have been one of them, but he didn't. Polygamous, you do not have to live polygamy to please God. And any plural wife who might be watching this, you can pack up and walk away. And any covenants or so-called promises or sealings that have been made by you regarding your plural marriage, God does not recognize them and and they are not valid. You can be free from them in Jesus Christ. I hope that covers what oh, she asked in excellent. her letters. Yeah. You know, uh, to another topic now, it was good news when uh, we heard that the Supreme Court had refused to hear the Cody Brown uh, sister wives case in their quest to legalize polygamy. The, the Supreme Court threw yeah, it out, yeah. and that was encouraging. Well, the Browns claim that polygamy is as healthy as monogamy, that all marriages experience problems, so it's wrong to pro forbid polygamous marriages using specific problems as the reason. Well, having been born and raised in polygamy and seeing and experiencing the pain and abuse that only polygamy can cause, I know the Browns' justification is weak and not representative of most Mormon fundamentalist families. 
A man with several plural wives and dozens of children cannot provide the necessary resources or physical and emotional support that each wife and each child has the right to receive. In this country, we have individual rights, but we need to recognize that no one's rights are superior to the rights of anyone else. Religious rights do not include depriving others of their rights, yet in polygamy groups, the basic rights of individuals are denied. Children with dozens of siblings often will not see their father for weeks at a time, and certainly each one cannot have a close personal relationship with their father. And in many families, when the children do see their father, they don't even know he is their father. Mm. And that was the case in my family for several years, so and, I was about 10 years old. And sometimes couldn't even use the name. Right. Oh, right. yeah, we couldn't use the name at all. We couldn't call him our father. Uh, and now, and there's dozens of testimonies and personal stories of those who have escaped polygamy, and they verify that abuse abounds in polygamy groups, and that they incubate, incubate and they produce also sexual predators. Mm. Here's one of many harrowing experiences that Rebecca Kimball tells about her life in polygamy. This is so sad. They lived in such poverty that Rebecca spent one winter in a chicken coop huddled between beneath heavy quilts, and the family ended up eating a dead horse to survive. Her mother remarried after her father went to prison, and when she was 11, Horace, her stepfather, chained Rebecca to an old iron bed and violently beat and raped her. She was abused for years and was kept a prisoner through threats to her siblings. She finally escaped when she felt she had nothing left to lose. It is awful, you know, and people say, well, that's a one-of-a-kind one story. And, yeah. and, of course, we don't hear stories like that, that bad all the time. But they're out there, and we don't always hear the stories that of, of the abuses that go on behind closed doors in polygamy groups. Virtually every family in polygamy has some kind of abuse going on behind closed doors, and the abused victim often grows up and becomes the abuser as well. Yeah. I'd like to share a conversation from our What Love Is This, Polygamy, What Love Is This Facebook page. Mm. We use our Facebook page primarily to post each show the day that it's released, and that's uh, usually on Wednesdays. Sometimes we post news stories or events on the page that are relevant to the topic of polygamy. Well, several weeks ago, we posted an infographic from another Facebook page, and by its relevancy, we felt it was appropriate to share on our page. Now, the infographic we're going to put up on the screen, along with two web page links that you can go to find this infographic. Now, this infographic illustrates that even today, the LDS Church continues to be dishonest about their history of polygamy. References to all the quotes on this illustration are there so that you can check them out for yourself. The infographic is entitled, It's a Lie That the Mormon Church Stopped Polygamy in 1890 and that plural marriages continued to be quietly performed. And of course, this is a quote by Russell Ballard, which is part of the graphic. So we're going to quote now some of what he said. Ballard is quoted as saying this, Polygamy, a limited practice in a limited practice yes. <laughs> in the early pioneer days of the church was discontinued in 1890. This okay. was in 2007. He, he said, said that, that in 2007. Now they maintain the lie, which is called the manifesto, 
but it was admittedly just an invitation to fool the United States government into thinking they had stopped polygamy when in reality they just went to some other place to perform their polygamous marriage rituals, mostly uh, out of the state of Utah, some many to Canada, some to Mexico. When this infographic is telling us is that the LDS Church knowingly continues to be deceptive about its history of polygamy. Now please keep in mind that this infographic was not created by us, nor do we have any affiliation with whoever produced it, but it is relevant and it is accurate. Well, a lady who frequently visited our Facebook page took extreme offense at this infographic. In fact, it was so interesting how the short conversation played out, we thought that we would share it with our viewers. Out of respect, we will not use the name of our Facebook guest. Uh, Earl will read what she wrote, and then I'll read our response. The guest, after she saw this picture uh, posted, Geez, really? You're the liars. Unbelievable. Those women in this picture are members of the FLDS Church. How can you dare to put Elder Ballard with them? Stupid is as stupid does. And our response. Perhaps you did not read the article. Then you might understand why it was posted. If you call someone a liar, you need to back it up with information and reasons for the accusation. But what is your excuse for calling someone stupid? That's just mean-spirited and hateful. If you are trying to defend Mormonism, why would you do such a thing? Why would you? Why would we what? <laughs> now you'll notice the, the, the conversation now becomes one-sided. Attack our church with lies and treat us as stupid for believing and being LDS. That's what. Okay, and then th that oh. was the end of that one, and then she came back in immediately with this one. Our church does so much good and encircles the whole world. We are not just a Utah church. We have more LDS members outside the United States than inside. We do not attack other churches, but rather try to build relations and find common ground in love and brothership. We do not spread lies about other churches, and we do not put down other churches as being wrong or less than. So she stopped there and thought about it for a minute and had to add to it. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop the lie, saying we believe. The same thing as the FLDS. We do not believe the same things. You need to stop saying that we do. Because when you say that you are the liars, because when you say that, you are the liars. Or is, it, or is this too much information for you to handle? Now, now, I have to stop right here. We never did say that she's saying that, that they believe the same thing as the FLDS. That is not part of the infographic at all. And then she went on to say this. I find this picture of President Ballard with the FLDS women very offensive, as I find most of your material. Well, Ballard was not with the FLDS women, but he was pictured on the same page, the same information page uh, there because he was making a deceptive statement about polygamy. Well, I answered her after that like this. Does it offend you that it was Joseph Smith who began polygamy and that the first seven presidents of your church preached and practiced polygamy? Does it offend you that they all taught that polygamy was required for exaltation? Do you understand that today's polygamists are more closely following Joseph Smith than today's LDS are? Do you know that if Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and the other early prophets were here today, they would be rejected from today's LDS church if they attempted to join it? 
Do you consider that when God has a plan for eternal life, it never changes? But today's church is different than the foundation laid by the original Mormons. About an hour later, I looked at the conversation and she had answered like this. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to chuckle yeah, with that because no answer for, for that. Yeah, no answer to it. She was on our page, and and she was a guest on our page, and she's telling us to shut up. Now we're telling her the truth, and her response is that we need to shut up. Well, a couple of hours later, I looked at the page again, and she had completely deleted the entire conversation wow. and removed herself as a friend of the Facebook page. And I was glad that I had copied it when I did, or we would have lost the conversation entirely. Now, the thing is, we do understand yeah. her anger. We do. I from the polygamous viewpoint and Earl from the Mormon viewpoint. All our lives, Mormons and polygamists are taught they are the only true church. Their leaders can do no wrong. They'll never lead them astray. With deep brainwashing like this taking place, it's impossible in just a few words or a few graphics to take away the veil of deceit that covers their ability to see the reality of the deceptions of the Mormon belief system. It takes time, it which you took the time, yes, it does. and the study, and most of all, a willingness. You yeah. had to have that willingness in your heart yeah. to discover uh, for, your, for yourself the truth. Believe that you could be taught something, that you don't know everything, mm -hmm. even though you think you do, but you, you don't think, know everything. Yeah, we don't know what we don't know. As, That's right. As, and, and too many people are unwilling to uh, discover for themselves the truth. And so it will never happen for them. And that's sad. Now, someone added me to a group on Facebook, which I think they did you as well, where friendly doctrinal conversations take place between mm. Christians and Mormons. And, and now it amazes me to read so many, I don't know what you think about all this, but there are so many LDS members who are on this page uh, talking back and forth about comparing doctrine yeah. with Mormons and Christians, that they're claiming that their church believes and teaches that they are saved by grace and not by works. And they can deny their teachings of salvation by works forever, but it goes completely against the teachings of their own leadership. How can they claim a no works, all grace, doctrinal platform without twisting their yeah, own doctrine? I don't understand that either. Uh, or redefining terminology, which they may, may have done by now, uh, or going completely against the entire church's teachings. For instance, we want to read something from the Book of Mormon. Moroni chapter 8 verses 23 through 26, but it is a mockery before God denying the mercies of Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit and putting trust in dead works. Behold my son, this thing ought not to be, for repentance is unto them that are under condemnation and under the curse of a broken law. And the first fruits of repentance is baptism. Baptism cometh by faith unto the fulfilling the commandments, and the fulfilling the commandments bringeth remission of sins. Now this says from their own book that the only way forgiveness can be received is to repent, get baptized, and keep the commandments. That's not grace. <laughs> no, that's not grace. And all the LDS leaders and the polygamous leaders repeat that requirement of keeping the commandments. Now that's religious works unless they've redefined the word works. Well, they they have basically. I mean, they they do they don't understand the all-encompassing nature of grace. That's I mean, they just don't understand that it's not our 
It's not what they, we do, they, but it's it's what Jesus did. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And of course, I always quote James, yeah. faith without works is dead. But, but the context is so important because James is not talking about getting saved, how to achieve eternal life. He's talking about people who claim they have, and then he's saying, okay, prove it by your works. So right. it's after the fact, not before. And the scriptures, of course, warns us against mixing works with grace. I love this. Romans 11, 6. And if by grace, then it is no longer by works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. And that's what they need to understand yeah. as they define the word grace, because you can't mix the two. There's no way. It's like mixing yeah. oil and water. It, it just doesn't work. You can't have both at the same time. Not yeah. for the same purpose. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, LDS and polygamists alike appeal to their worthiness or their religious works to be accepted by God, but that is what he calls self-righteousness or salvation by works. We quote from Isaiah 64 about that. Yeah, verse 6, but we all, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Okay, so the self-righteousness is a works religion which God rejects. There's no righteous works that you can do to earn a place in heaven, and that includes polygamy. Eternal life is a gift given to us by God, purchased by Jesus Christ on the cross. It cannot be earned. In fact, polygamy only hurts your chances for eternal life. It doesn't help. Okay, so... We shared what our viewers think of us. <laughs> some of them is good, some of us not so good. And, and you mentioned what I do, and I interview former Mormons and uh, who have come to Christ. And I'm just, every one of them to a person has come to, to understand what grace means, and they did not understand it as a, a, as Mormon. a Mormon. Is it something you even talk about in... In no, circles. there was no, I don't know what they're doing today in their private meetings, but, but grace. absolutely nothing to do with grace. In yeah. it, it is heavy works. Yeah. Probably, if, if possible, it's heavier than Mormonism. I, I'm, I would think we so. Didn't it have certainly temples, has that new layer. Have, yeah, it does. It has an additional definitely. layer. And, and part of the works is <clears throat> the plural wives, the works they have to suffer through is the emotional grief and the pain of being a single mother yeah. uh, and sharing your husband with all the other wives, and yeah. that's included works as well. That makes it even more tough to, to leave, doesn't it? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Okay, well, thanks again. Well, I, I appreciate your you. help again. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, when Jesus uh, said that he came to proclaim liberty to the captives, he was talking about setting us free from the power of sin and from the eternal consequences of sin. Jesus set us free from the burden of guilt and from the works religion that dogmatically enforces keeping commandments. You can choose men's religion or God's relationship. Jesus said, not by works. That means religious works aren't counted. And that's for salvation. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. And then he invites us to come unto him. That is relationship. There is only one way to please God. And it isn't works. And it isn't living polygamy and suffering through being a, being a plural wife. And it isn't Mormonism either. Pleasing God is rejecting everything else and coming to Jesus because it is finished. And Jesus did it all. Thank you for watching. God bless. 
This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.